In today's episode, once again, we speak to the amazing duo, Jennifer Sandy. Jennifer and Sandy met during an entrepreneurship program where they bonded as being the only females out of 550 participants. Later on, they co-founded a company called Marvelous, which is an online platform for creative and wellness entrepreneurs. They've built the company based on their shared values as change makers, feminists, and little bit of woo. And today we're talking to both about how to use your feminine energy to become visible online. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame, and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing duo, Jennifer and Sandy. Welcome, Jennifer and Sandy. Hi. (laughs) Thank you, Gul. We're happy to be back. Thank you so much for joining us again. We had such a fantastic conversation on Friday Feature. We just had to have you back. So everyone's heard how wonderful you two are, uh, but can you just give us quick intros for yourself? (coughs) You, uh, Jennifer, can you give a quick intro for yourself and then move on to Sandy? Sure. So I am Jennifer Barcelos. I am the co-founder and CEO of The Marvelous Platform. And uh, my background is as an attorney and a climate change expert. And I came into tech about eight years ago and I'm never leaving. And Sandy? Hi, I'm Sandy. I'm the CMO of Marvelous and the other co-founder. And um, I'm super passionate about helping women make money. So excited about this episode with you. Fabulous. Now, today's episode is going to be focused on how to use your feminine energy to see to be visible online. Why specifically is this topic so important to both of you? Well, it's super important because we created a platform that helps women build businesses on the internet. And we quickly realized that uh, women and non-binary people were holding themselves back largely online um, for because of a certain set of fears, because of the the fear of not being seen as humble or the fear of not being liked or being vilified or the fear of um, being seen as wanting to make money. So all of these fears, even though women approach us, come onto our platform, join our company because they have this dream and this vision of building an online business, we still notice that there's something that was holding them back. And it wasn't anything that tactically or strategically we could offer or a new feature we could develop um, until this was internally resolved within someone, they weren't going to be successful. So we've created a framework around visibility to help our clients and our audience to find success uh, building businesses online. Fabulous. So how would we use, I mean, and when you're talking about feminine energy, I'm going to ask this to Sandy, when you're saying use your feminine energy, what is your definition of, of feminine energy? I think it's more what it's not. I think there's so many, for women, um, we have been socialized in a very particular way. And when I say women, I'm talking about anybody who was raised as female, as a young, as a young child. And there was messages and there was rules and shoulds put in place. And when we step into running a business, we drop into having to follow, like being the good girl and drop into following these rules. And they feel they're so limiting 
And I think what we want to tell women is that there is a way to do this business with any business with who you are, how you are, like what you, who you are is absolutely enough. We just have to tap in, teach, unlearn what you've learned from your childhood so that you can step into your business, being visible, marketing, find your voice and attract the clients that you want. And it's, it's hard. And if we don't recognize what we've been taught, it's just, it's, it, you're, you're dead in the water. Like it just won't work. And so that's why I think it's super important. And I, before we start some of these points, I, I want to say like for any of the women out there who are struggling with building a business, pricing, asking for the sale, you know, having money, inviting money in, if it's hard, it's really not your fault. Like it's not your fault. There's nothing wrong with you. What has happened is that over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, women have been taught that they're not good with money, that that we've actually not had money. Like, let's just start there. Like, let's just recognize that women having the ability to to build wealth is new. It's like our generation. We're the first ones who can actually do, do this, right? And we are coming from hundreds of years of us being the property, you know, being passed down from fathers to husbands. So we're like the entity, like we're the owned by men and they controlled the money. They gave us money. We were not allowed to have homes or businesses or sue in court, only spinsters or could could actually own a business. Right. And it all starts back in England. I have hated the word Spinster. I know, but if I love man it. Now. Is Mary, he's a bachelor, it. and that's glorified, and you know, it was mm-hmm. legible bachelor even now. Yeah, but and if a woman doesn't marry, she's a spinster. What yeah. the hell? That, that's I know, like but I just like I'm just gonna spinster. I love the spinsters. But back <laughs> in the early 1100s, they were the only ones who could run businesses, like own a tavern. Right. So like they were like our early feminists, like I refuse to get married and I'm going to own my business because no man's going to control me. I love it. I love it. I think we need to like, you know, introduce that word back into our culture and make it a positive one. But I just all that to say, like, let's just give ourselves a break. It wasn't until um, like even in my mom's generation like even owning a bank account was not that common for women, right? Like we just were not able to sign a mortgage without a husband's signature on it or get a loan or get a line of credit without a man signing. So this is all new. So the work that you're doing, the work that we're doing is incredibly important to help women build wealth. But I want people to know or women to know that like we've got to unlearn some major, some big things before we can actually move forward and actually create the wealth. So it's not like there's something wrong with you if you struggle to earn money or price or, or whatever it may be. Or keep money. What I find is- uh, Or keep know, it. Just hold on to it. Yeah. My generation of women uh, were able to make money. They can't keep hold of it. Mm-hmm. But that's another major factor that happy. I don't know where the money went. It, I have made it. But I don't know where it went. Yeah. Comes in, goes out. Yeah. That like the capacity- to have, like just to have it and not just like let it fly out is a huge, a huge um, problem for a lot of women, I think. Yes, I agree. But so coming on to this feminine energy, so we still haven't defined the feminine energy though. That's the, that's the first step that we uh, truly understand that. That mm-hmm. I think we need to understand that as women, we, and I do believe there are, I mean, there are a lot of people who have limiting beliefs in general, irrespective of gender. But women especially have even more so. And depending on what culture you're coming from, it's ingrained mm-hmm. even further. So I know that I come from the, uh, the South uh, Indian cult- uh, culture where, uh, you know, even though in my religion, I just want to make a fact, in my religion, 
uh, we as women were given the right to prop- own, uh, only property 1400 years ago. Mm-hmm. The culture didn't, if that makes sense. Over the years, the culture intermingled and the culture was like, hmm, yes, you can have property, but it's not this. And all sorts of things came out. Um, and the more issue was made on the fact that half the property and whatever else. But my culture has always demeaned me, not my religion. So I want to, I want to be very clear about it. But it did. And I grew up in the South Asian culture where it doesn't matter how amazing I was, I was always less than my male counterparts. I was always less than my brother. I was always less than my cousins. And I, I, st- I strictly remember one of my brother-in-laws, he was no, no disrespect here at all. He's, he's a taxi driver. And he looked down upon me because I was making comment about something, not just because I'm a woman, that's it. His word held more weight and value just because he's a man. I'm not, I'm not devaluing taxi drivers here, not or not for a second, not at all. But I just wanted to understand he, just because he's a man and I'm a lawyer, yet he's above me because he's a man, not a woman. So I think this is, and the reason I bring this up here right now is because I'm not the only one. And it's, it comes through culturally so much. Another factor is from, you know, if there's a, a bunch of men and there's a woman and I'm the only woman, then guess who's going to get up and make tea? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, again, well, the way your role is, it's defined by your gender um, in, in culture. So the reason why I'm bringing this, because it's so far ingrained in our psyche, in our energy field, we don't even question it. So mm-hmm. uh, the reason why I this example is there was uh, my I went to my uncles and my other cousins came, uncles came, and somebody needed to make tea. My my before my uncle said I said okay I'll make go make tea, and my, my uncle would say oh you know Google can you go make tea? I am the one who's like in the middle, not the youngest, not the eldest, right in the bang in the middle, the only female. But I was expected to make tea, even though now here's I'm not saying education makes me better, but I had more to contribute to the conversations, education-wise, mental, you know, argument-wise, whatever. But I was the one in the kitchen making tea. And this mm-hmm. is so fine-grained in our culture. And I want to add to the point, I am born and brought up in UK, one of the Western, you know, leading Western countries, not in Pakistan, not in India, in the UK. Yet, this is my culture. Mm-hmm. And this is what I grew up with. And so many of the women listening to this podcast can relate to this exact fact that I just said. So, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> we all have like I think just endless stories of this. I there were two of us in one of my law school classes that were constantly asked to go fetch a coffee for the professor. Um, you know, during class, that's the kind of thing that happened all the time. And I was um, I have a special relationship with other female founders uh, because it's a it's a hard thing to, to, especially if you're running a tech company as a woman. And uh, recently, another woman that I was just confiding in told me that her lead investor told her, well, you're, you can have no strikes against you because you're already a woman. And that means you have no room for any other strikes against you. Like nothing in your company can look unique or different or surprising in any way. Like these are the kinds of things, like these little cuts every day that we experience as women, right? Whether they're within our families or within our workplaces or just out in within the culture at large. And I, and I, so we bring all of that when we're entrepreneurs, all of those things come with us. They're part of us when we go to start and run a business. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And it, so this is, I think this is, a, so there was, an, there was a display made and actually made for the black movement, but I think it, it really helps us as well when they, you know, when you're starting line of when you have a goal in mind and everyone's starting out, but we're not starting from the same starting line. As women and as women of colour, we're starting even further back. So, mm-hmm. so this is where you have to recognise and not from the external point of view, our own mindset, our own way of thinking about what's mm-hmm. possible for us, that is limiting us, not the external world so much. What other mm-hmm. people's opinion doesn't really matter. My opinion about me, I'm so far back. Does it make yeah. sense? Yeah. No, I think I think it's important to that and that's like why I wanted to say, like it's not our fault if you're struggling. It's not your fault. Like we can make new decisions and and take action going forward. But we cannot downplay the history and the culture and the society that has taught us certain ways of behavior and everyone else around us. And so I think where I've landed after a lot of years of being angry, right, and I'm a white woman, and so it's, you know, so much worse for those of color and those who are, you know, have, you know, neurodivergent, like all, like in 60 years old and not 20, like all the things, all the ageism, sex sexism, race, all of it, you layer that on and it does make it more uh, difficult. However, I think what we all need to realize to move forward is that all this unfairness exists. All of this is true. We can all tell the stories of how we were treated unfairly, how someone said something, how someone did something, or someone chose someone else over me. But what really matters is like, absolutely true, a fact that that happened, but how do I want to show up in this moment, in my life and in my business? Am I going to stay angry and complain and say how unfair it is and feel resentful and not take, you know, positive, you know, effective action in my business or life? Or am I going to be like, yeah, that happened. And I'm going to think on purpose thoughts that are going to get me into a, into a, Uh, a mindset or a a way of thinking and being that's going to make me take action that's going to give me new results in my life wonderful so I think I think that's the first point to start okay so then you recognize the fact that you are a woman and use Mm -hmm. it as a superpower rather than actually use it as an advantage so that's one thing and I think that's that's very important to remember we as women bring so much more to the table than we realize and we bring from a different angle we think differently we are equal to men but not in the same way I think our value is equal but what we bring to the table is always going to be different because we come from a different gender we come with different emotions we come to different hormones and our experiences from the world are different because of our gender from because of our background I mean me and my brother we grew up in the same household but his idea of what life is mine is very different because he grew up as a boy I grew up as a girl and yeah. that alone creates a huge divergence in the way we think and the, what we bring to the table. So that's so. But use that as a superpower. Use that as. Um, and I think I think what you said to me was was really actually I found that empowering. The fact that there are so few women in the area in the first place that means there's less competition. I don't see men as competition. Men competition for men is for other men. I don't see men as competition because there's so few women here. That I'm well. I mean, I I've no and I've always used that as a superpower thinking. I'm usually one of the a few women, and let alone brown women, in the, in, in a particular environment. I just think, wow, I'm the only woman or only brown woman here. That's me. That's me. I, I've got attention. And it's not easy, but I like to mm-hmm. make sure that I am representing really well. But uh, then I don't see any other people as competition because there is no competition. Yeah, there's there's room for everybody. 
Of course there is. I think there's, <laughs> there's, I, think there's um, I think the way a lot of people have is, um, uh, you know, because my, my thoughts were there are a lot of men coming forward with tech companies. I think now since the, the rise of the Elon Musk, so there's a lot more men coming in. But now talking to you guys, I realize if there's so few women coming in, then there's a lot more room for other women to bring in their gifts. Yeah, there's a lot of room. There's a lot of room. So what I think is so interesting, and we we see this with our clients so much, is that you can get like, you know, what what you're saying is like, there's no competition and I'm going to do this thing and I'm so excited and I have these ideas. And I think where women get stuck, where these sort of internalized beliefs start to show up is when they, the moment they try to be visible in their business. Mm. So you know, it's so easy to get excited about the big picture and what's possible and how much money I can make. And I'm going to be, you know, the woman that, you know, for, like for us, like we're going to be the women that sort of change the face of tech and so on. It's so easy to, to get excited about those big picture ideas um, and thoughts. However, the moment it's like, okay, I got to put a Instagram reel on about, you know, w- with this face and I have to like put my ideas out there. Sometimes it just, it's paralyzing. And I just, I think it's really important to like understand why that is so hard. And it's because um, we have been conditioned that we have to make everyone like us. And we have, we've been conditioned that we should stay quiet and humble and not, you know, be too like boastful or, or, or promote ourselves. Like that kind of activity is very unseemly, very Mm. inappropriate for women to do that. But we're not aware of that. Like, I got this business to create. I got this thing to do. I want to run this, change the world. And, you know, it, but then when it's like, okay, I got to take this simple action of, of being visible publicly, it sometimes feels very unsafe. What if people say I have negative comments? What if somebody, you know, doesn't like me? It's paralyzing. And I, so I think that for women who are in business, that's like the, a very important first step is just to understand, okay, what's going on here? Why is this so hard for me? Because I have been told, do not go, perm- just be, you know, sweetie, just be quiet. Look, look beautiful. Just be quiet. Just be there. But don't talk. Don't talk about your ideas. Don't promote yourself. So if, if, um, if you are somebody that believes that you have to have everyone liking you, um, what, what will happen is you will have these thoughts, like you're constantly judging yourself. You're constantly criticizing yourself. You're constantly doubting yourself. You're, you have an idea and then you'll instantly question it. You'll back off because like, and it's always like, but what if someone doesn't like it? What if someone thinks I'm wrong? What if someone criticizes me? Right. And so there's this, this obsessive kind of ruminating about what might happen if I go and say what I want to say. Hmm. And you can't run a business like that. No, 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 because you're operating from um, from the from the fear mindset, and that will that will yeah. stability. It keeps you stuck where you yeah. are, and yeah, yeah. frozen in those parts. So, how how do we change that? How do we come out of this phase? How do we recognize our superpowers? How do we recognize me being a woman is my superpower, not my not my dis- disadvantage? Yeah. So, um, really, this stems from women being taught that their success is dependent on other people's opinions. I think you mentioned this before. Like if everyone else likes me, then I will succeed. And yeah. that's what we have to recognize it's as a lie. Yeah. 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 Right. So um, 
we also have this black and white thinking where we think like everyone has to like me, like I'm gonna do this work and I need approval from everyone. Otherwise I'm a, I'm a failure. And we're just so invested and over, over invested in what other people think. Right. And that's what we have to recognize is happening. And then we need to, um, we need to change it. Change I, the I thinking. When I'm thinking about this now, and I, I remember, you know, that, yeah, even now, I think when I was younger, the thoughts that, you know, I talk too much, I do this. And I remember, mm-hmm. I clearly remember thinking as a child, and this is quite stark um, a realization, because I was always the, I was always the ambitious one. Like I, I was always very, you know, I worked really, really hard. I was dyslexic, so I worked even harder. And I remember thinking if I was the exact same person, but a boy, people would love me. That's, I remember thinking that. Mm. I have that thought still all the time. That is a constant thought for me. Also, you recognize <laughs> because oh, yeah. if I was the exact same person, but as a gender change, and I was all of a sudden a boy, I'd have my family, by the way, my extended family, would, they would worship the ground I walk in. They would think, oh my God, this is, goal is the best thing in the world by the ghouls of gender nature names. I could be a boy or a girl. So if, if our goal was a boy, my family would love and adore me. And I remember thinking that as a child, Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was always, oh, okay, what's she doing? Oh, okay. Oh, it's cool. Right. It, my successes, my achievements were never celebrated. And so, this is external family, by the way, not my immediate family, not my mom, but extended family. And because of my ambitions, because of my successes, I was somehow the outsider. Whereas my brother would have been, oh, he's amazing. And, you know, they would be included in all the conversations and so forth. Whereas I'm always, okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm the one who can talk about investing, but I'm still, I'm still the outsider. I'm still the outsider in my family. So I guess, I guess I still have that feeling that if I was just a man, like my family would love me, my extended family that is, and people around me would adore me. And because I'm a woman, they threatened by me, especially the men. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Yeah, I mean, I have the same thoughts around like career. I feel like my career trajectory would have been radically different. Um, I feel like the trajectory of building our company would look radically different. Like there are so many things where opportunities would have presented differently. So I think as women, we have to choose to see what we have as superpowers because that's the way out. Like we are the only real advocates for ourselves and for each other. I mean, that's that's what that's why Sandy and I together are unstoppable because we've decided to be that kind of backbone for each other so that we're unstoppable so that we have, we have both internal, um, an internal acknowledgement that we're worthy and valuable, but then we also have that we have each other to hold, hold each other up because, because society is going to never stop telling women to, to hold back. It's threatening. What we do is threatening to the very fabric of our culture and our economy. And like, that's the truth. I would argue with anyone about that. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, and I agree. And I, and I, and then I see this and it's a sad fact where I'm trying to create a different environment for my daughter, make mm-hmm. sure that he knows that she can speak her mind. She can do whatever she wants and be whatever she wants and etc. And, but I don't know how much, you know, of the external influence is going to still influence her, how much she feels mm-hmm. 
um, debilitated because she's a girl growing up in still heavily male-dominated environment. But I'm telling her to go out there and, you know, you want to be, um, she wants to be a lawyer, so go ahead, be a lawyer, be a film editor, be whatever the hell you want to be. Mm-hmm. But it, it's um, it is understanding the fact that she still will go walk with the feminine energy. She's a, she's a woman, she's perceived as a woman. And therefore, she will have those issues. But even I think now, how how much do you believe in this? I think it's not just men who put you in that situation. It's a society as a whole because even other women, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you yeah. down, put you, yeah. you know, they sort of question your 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 decisions, your your ethics, and somehow yeah. you're a person because of your ambitions. And yeah. they almost to the point of I at times find. They're, they're setting you up for fail. They're, they're just wishing, okay, when she's going to fail, when she's going to fall over, that can tell her. Yeah. Okay. Do you find yeah. that as well? Yes. Yeah. We are, we're, we're held to, I would say, a much higher standard. So just a very simple, practical example of that is because we're a female-founded company, whenever there is something going on in the world, there's this expectation, I think, that we have to have a particular response to it. So for example, the idea of like running a campaign or a Facebook ads campaign or something during a time of social stress or or something scary going on in the world that's taking up a lot of new, the news feed, you know, we will get criticized for not turning our ads off, for example. And no one is commenting on the ads that we see of like these big tech companies that are competitors that are run by men and backed by venture capital, right? Like we are, because we're a smaller female founded company, the kinds of messages and sort of demands that other women put on us is it's, it's so interesting to me um, to see that we're held to that standard. And I don't think that everyone connects the dots and realizes, okay, but by telling us that we need to, instead of focusing on building our company, we need to take the day and respond to a social crisis like that that's actually taking us out of the game and um when you put that kind of pressure on on one company versus another what that actually means and that's almost always coming from women and women who are are coming at us with some sort of like ethical argument that we should be holding ourselves to a higher standard yeah because just because you're a woman you have to have mm-hmm. more of a you have to have you need to have the higher ground and you need to be you know on the ball for everything mm-hmm. every crisis that goes on in the world and it's yeah. your responsibility to make a response to it. yeah the thing that comes to my mind is it also adds to the fact that they you know all these vc uh, backed uh, companies these companies are more serious and more uh, apparently perceived to be they're more you know they're more real and whereas yours is more you know you know, it's okay. It's it's the it's a pet project. It's something that's really you know women are really going for. So somehow it demeans the value of your company because you are it is founded by women. So it's not as serious compared to a, a less profitable, by the sounds of it, company backed by a VC, and they can whatever because though they are you know the serious um, entrepreneurs. Do you find that to be because that's what's the, that's what's coming across that that that's the kind of distinction people have. And even though you are a more viable product and are profitable um, and don't have the VC backing, so you don't have to answer to these big vultures, yet you are um, at a disadvantage. How do you find that? I would say in that way, I mean, we were we have been at a disadvantage when we've chosen to distract ourselves with that. So this is where like leadership comes into play. And these are the lessons of leadership that we've learned growing our company over the years is that like, even though we want to be responsive to every concern that anyone raises or to respond to, you know, a tragedy in the world, 
like, of course we care, but that's not the same as running our company. And so it's taken this, like this very uh, focused decision to not play into that. I mean, that's the exact kind of thing, like being distracted all the time by these kinds of demands are, are, is exactly what will keep us small. So we have to say it's in the interest of the people that, that, it's, it's in our financial interest and in the interest of our customers that we focus on the task at hand, which is making our product better, right? So that that's what the energy of our company is for. So, it, but, but it's, it's awkward and uncomfortable. And we don't, we as, as women don't really, I don't have a playbook for how to handle those sorts of things. I mean, there's, there are a million stories of women being held to higher standards. Um, and even, you know, there's hardly comparatively, there are hardly any women running companies. Um, only 2% of women backed companies ever make a million dollars or more, right? Like we know all the statistics. So there's just not a lot of examples of what to do and how to follow the rules. Yeah. But I want to add something to what Jenny's talking uh, about with like like the, the patriarchy on an individual level. This is where it comes out, women against women, like what you first started with. I think it's really important to understand that when we use the term patriarchy, we're not talking about men. We're talking about all of us. We breathe the air. We drink the water of the patriarchy. So women can use the patriarchy against other women. And it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just want as individuals, like all the listeners to like, think about when you have a different expectation for a female entrepreneur or a friend or whatever. And I think it plays out a lot when we believe that women are supposed to take care of each other and be nurturers. And so we get a lot of like, cries for help, you know, like, you know, you guys should understand my situation and I need a break and I need a price cut and I need this for free or whatever. And because we're women, they, they ask, or they would never ask the, the founder of convert kit or whatever, mm -hmm. some other, like they would never even ask, but they're using this, this gender stereotype that we are. And it's like, I would love to, but we also have like a freaking business to run. Like we can't, continue to price cut because you've had a shitty month. Like it doesn't, I can't, we have to pay our people. We have to support this, this platform so that the other, um, you know, women on it can continue to make money and it can continue, continue on. So I just think that we often have expectations of behavior of other women because of what we've been taught by the patriarchy growing up. And I think I would just challenge each of us to like, where do you sort of do that to yourself sometimes and where do you do that to others where you believe they should do something or act a certain way or say something in a social crisis that you're not doing, you're not expecting that of men? Yeah. I mean, the thought, the, the person that came into my mind when you were describing this, and I think the most famous person online at the moment would be Russell Bronson, um, you know, with ClickFunnels, what he's achieved is amazing. But um, there are so many bro bro type entrepreneurs coming out of it unethical and doing a lot of shady things so much there's one person that comes to our mind who uh, i'm not going to say his name of course but you know he he promised the world and the and everything in the sun to us and took the money and has guaranteed us to if it doesn't work um they'll repay us when they couldn't work and they literally said to us and we haven't got the people for you to set up this clothes and set us for us they don't have people willing to work in uk hours literally having black and white writing when i asked them for refunds they said, we don't do refunds Wow. So, uh, and that's not unusual for those type of entrepreneurs. And, and he's, he's building million, I think million dollar something, the crust or whatever. But that highlights to me the very bro, bro, you know, I don't give a damn kind of, um, you know, work ethic. But that's pushed forward and people just don't, they don't blink an eye and accept it. Whereas uh, when women come in, uh, into the picture, they are held to such high standards. 
I mean, obviously, this person doesn't have any son, but he's still running his business. Um, um, but you know, there's but there's many like him. Really, you know, they they've come out of the this springboard forward up from from ClickFunnels culture, and there's a lot of culture there that's very <laughs> and unethical and just makes sales and doesn't matter about the deliverability and all that rubbish. And yet, um, when and when I when I see the women. When women promise something, they tend to deliver. Right? The most women that I see as entrepreneurs, they do a good job. Yet they are um, they're kept at a much higher standard, and they, and for that reason, maybe they they play small because they don't want to be seen and they don't want to be criticised. And mm-hmm. um, someone like this person, he doesn't care. you, he says he says I'm giving you written um, guarantees, and then doesn't. Whereas women would go out of the way to try compensate for it and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And I. A bit, a bit, um, bit. You know, it's a double standard, isn't it? Because women have to um, have certain standards, and men, some men, not women, but some men have none. And we mm. know that we are. You're both nodding your heads. Of course, you both seen it. We're so familiar with that's how the industry is. Yet, mm-hmm. you know, no one talks about it. No one says, "Okay, we need to do something different about it." But when we're, we're talking about it, <laughs> we. I mean, we're. we're yeah. <laughs> More than, I've been doing this podcast now for coming up to two years. This is the first time we had an open conversation about such issues where gender is openly talked about. We never we don't talk about the elephant mm-hmm. in the room. We talk mm-hmm. about other things, but we don't actually address the core root of the issues, which is this factor, which yeah. is the fact that you know you guys are setting up a company, you will be expected to be to operate a higher standard than this person will be, mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. below the yeah, I know we both like have so much to say about that. Go ahead, Jenny. Well, I just I want to say it comes out a lot in pricing. So first of all, what you're saying is both internal and external. So women, I think, hold themselves to a high standard in general. It's a stereotype, but I would say my observation that it's true. But they also, like as a woman who runs a company with lots and lots of customers, I'm also terrified of other women attacking us for like everything that we say and do like is is up for public attack. And so that's also external because women are immersed in the patriarchy and vilify other women who are successful. So those two things are true. But I think this comes up for us constantly in our pricing. So we're sort of known as like the expensive alternative for an online teaching platform. We're actually not more expensive. We're sort of in the middle of kind of all of the options. Um, we pay our people a living wage. We have health benefits. We we cover our costs and we're not backed by venture capital. So so what happens for us is, is like we get these sort of ethical cries to us. Like we really want to use your, stay on your platform. Or we really want to use Marvelous, but it's more expensive. So can you meet this other price? And when, and sometimes that other price is free because there are competitors that are venture backed that have copied us that are free because, and they're going to collapse within two years when they run out of money. But let's not even get there. That's already starting to happen where it's happening almost every month at this point now. Um, but like, because people don't have a holistic view of this, this system that we're all living and working within, they're just comparing like, well, if you want to support women and your platform is made for women, why are you so expensive? It's like mm-hmm. an ethical attack on us. And it's like, well, we have, you know, we have costs and we're a business and <laughs> we have employee, you know, like we have, there, there's a lot of time and attention that goes into figuring out our pricing models versus you're comparing us with something that is like basically free because it's being subsidized by a system that you're not willing to look at and examine. And yeah. so it's it's really a complicated conversation, but that's the entire economy, right? There's all these externalized costs all the time, like with the cheap clothes on Amazon that no one wants to talk about, right? It's the same thing. And um, so we have to take it upon ourselves to 
to provide this educator role, to be in this educator role, to teach people how the economy works. And it's all wrapped up in sort of like this villainization of, of people like us for charging what is, I would say, a very, if uh, for real any business, owner, real business would look at like, what are my costs of goods sold? And what are my mm-hmm. employee costs? And, you know, figuring out a pricing structure, we're compared to something that's basically backed and uns- backed by by money that's unsustainable. And who knows where that money came from, to be honest. So um, that's how it plays out like every single day for us. I just want to add like, to bring this back to the mindset with your example of the the dude bros, which we have been immersed in that culture since we, the moment we met, like, oh my God. And there was this initial complete like repel, like that's why we, we bonded because like some of the copywriting, like why I would never say that to a, you know, potential clients, the things that we were learned and the way that we were taught to speak and build this company, it just like, no. So we actually like turned our back on the whole bro culture for a long time. And some of this work has come out like, you know, let, we're turning back to watch them and examine some of their their business decisions and models and ideas and the way they do things. And although your example, no, of course, we don't want to ever, you know, promise something and not not deliver. However, what's interesting to me is like the Russell Brunson's of the world don't mm-hmm. operate their business from a place of like, I have to please everyone. God, please everyone just like me. No, right. <laughs> and so there's a middle ground there where women are too much like, I have to make everyone love me. And, you know, like, I don't, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. I don't care about any of the the consequences. I don't care who I, who I anger. I think there's a middle ground. So I think some women need to lean toward the dude bro mindset a tiny bit that we, we have to lose the fear of someone being angry. Like Jenny's example with someone's like, Hey, I, you know, I need you to price match. We have to be okay. And this is the leadership. Like, no, we actually cannot do that. And we have to be willing to disappoint someone and willing to say no to someone and just be okay with whatever their thoughts may be about us. But if we yeah. like bend over and try to get, please everyone, we have no business. Agreed. I mean, I think I'm going to add a bit in here because I think I, I work because of my, um, my background, I am, I have focused on money and uh, I've been working on myself. I have very much been a people pleaser. And one of my biggest fear was, because I actually work with energy and coming from a legal background, I'm really seen as a woo-woo. So if I actually spoke about the topic that I talk about now in my, my profession, they put me in, in, a, in a mental asylum and no short. So I had to, one, understand what it was that I was talking about, my gifts and so forth, but also accept the fact that people are not going to like what I say. And I openly said to people, I love money. I do. I love and respect money. I don't love it from the egotistical point that I, I would manipulate people or harm anybody for it. But I love and respect money like I would my best friend. So you have to own yourself. And also pricing wise, I'm so glad you said that, Jenny, because the, my prices are not the same as Tony Robbins or others. Nowhere near. But then, you know, being a woman, I'm, spe- I'm expected to keep my prices lower to my, than my counterparts, even though this moment in time, I don't know anybody else with all humility, who does a better job at helping people's mindsets as I do. Yet, when I, I remember, and it's funny enough, I was speaking to one of um, uh, somebody in my, um, in my, who came in to support us, and he was very much, I think your price is a little high. I'm like, why? I'm like, no, because, and I, and I was trying, I realized I was trying to convince him the value of my, uh, my product. And that's when I realized, I'm, you know, and I've recently come to, uh, come to a conclusion that we can't work together. If I have to show you the value of my product, <laughs> supposed to show other people if you can't even see the value of my product how are you gonna say and, and it's purely 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 because i'm a woman 
If I was to buy here, you know, 25K packages would be a no bother. Mine's currently a 20K package. And he's like, I think it's a little high. Mm-hmm. And he expects such high standards from me. And, um, and obviously, he's a guy. In the individual as a person, I think he's amazing. But it's only just talking to you guys, I realized it's not his, his fault. He's just socially programmed to put me on a, I expect a higher standards from me and lower pricing from me compared to my male parts. And women that- give, women give and give and give and give and give. And the moment that you have a high price ticket, it's like, wait, what? who is she? Who does she think and she I is? Have, and I, even though I have stronger cases, I have case study after, and he knows this, you know, we have like literally shopping list worth of case studies coming out of my, you know, uh, for my, for my program and other people, not so much yet. So my price is higher. It, it, I, I'm dumbfounded at the time. And I was like, huh? now it makes sense because it is he's i mean he's a young chap he's must be in his you know late 20s or early 30s but he's still socially programmed to see me as somehow less because mm-hmm. or i have to because i need to prove myself more because i'm a woman which is exactly what's going on in the market because you're a woman you have to prove yourself you're worth it otherwise how can you demand such pricing no yeah no absolutely and i i think this is partly just a general lack of how of understanding of how the economy works. Like, I think that as a society in my country, in the United States, there's very little education about finance and economics and investing and just any kind of money awareness at all. And so, you know, when we start businesses, we're operating in this environment where, where the people that we're looking to serve really have no actual basis of understanding and how, how basic economics work. And so we have to also bring that. And I think because we're women, there's not that implicit trust in what we do. So we have to, we have to often educate about the value versus if we were men, I, I believe many of us would not have to do that because there would be that implicit trust just because of how the world perceives men implied value because he's a man that must be valuable mm-hmm. for it. it must be you know he's done so well he's achieved so much he must he must yeah it must be worth it i get it mm-hmm. and i and i and i totally understand well on that note let's wrap this up it's been a fabulous uh, fabulous discussion we can carry on talking all night long i, I love talking to you both you're amazing but tell us how can we connect with you sandy um go for individually how can we connect with you sandy how can we find you on the internet yeah well i think most mostly we hang out on instagram so at hey marvelous is probably um the best place to contact us and our website is heymarvelous.com if you want to check out our platform um and we also have a podcast and she spoke and this is the comfort these are the conversations that need to happen exactly i i'm so glad we had we did this today any final remarks from you jennifer just thank you so much for having us. This has been really powerful. I love it when I meet other attorneys who have transitioned into yeah. entrepreneurship. They're my favorite people on the planet. So just thank you so much for having us. This little thank less you. shame, right, Jenny? Just a little less shame when you see other people doing it. Yeah. Yes, thank, thank you, Bill. It's been a pleasure talking to you both. And you both are so inspirational. I can't wait to see how you thrive and conquer this world. And I think you will do. And um, so if you're listening to us on uh, the podcast, we will have the links for Sandy Jennifer on the on the show notes. And if you're listening to us 
um, on the on YouTube, then on the description section, we will have the links to them as well. Go check them out. Go check out the platform. I know I will be doing it. And I'm going to be following the journey to see how they conquer the, the tech world because I think we need uh, more female entrepreneurs who are successful and can, can come on par. I think we need to have some more females who are on par with Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and some, something like that. Absolutely. I think it's about time we did. So thank you so much, ladies, for being with us. And thank you for listening to me today. I will be back with another amazing guest or some amazing guest on my talkies, learning from them and finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time we meet, this is Go Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.